He's kind of like the Joe Rogan of the hospitality industry right now. To maximize you know, your revenue when it comes to our program is to send notifications, either email or text, when they're about to get there and while they're there. And I, I know some property management systems can probably do these automated workflows, and that's the trick. And it's just not implemented as well as it, as, it, as it can be. And sometimes, you know, we have property managers saying, hey, you know, I thought we'd make more money. But, you know, you can't expect someone to book these excursions when the data is clear that they're not booking 30 days out. Welcome to Slick Talk, the hospitality podcast where we discuss all things hospitality, hotels, and business. You can find us online at slicktalkthepodcast.com and on every podcast listening platform. What's up, all my Slick Talkers? This episode is brought to you by my friends at Hostfully. Now, these are the days where enough is enough with managing multiple calendars for your properties in order just to make sure you don't get double booked. And not having a website for your guests to get to know your story and book direct? You can stop stressing, at least a little bit, and check out my friends at Hostfully. Hostfully was created by hosts for hosts, and they understand the importance of centralizing operations, inboxes, calendars, and of course, keeping up with the times and the industry data. You can go to hostfully.com, use my code SLICKTALK20 to get access to their digital guidebooks and their property management software. I use them as well, and I love the simplicity of their product. Now, I hope you enjoyed this episode of Slick Talk, the hospitality podcast. Now sit back and enjoy. All right, everybody, welcome back to Slick Talk, the hospitality podcast. Again, your host, Will Slickers, and I'm excited to welcome Greg Fisher from Trip Shock today. Uh, really exciting episode because we get to talk about experiences and enhancing your guest experience while they're staying at your property, uh, plus a lot about entrepreneurship. So I'm really excited to dive into uh, Greg's story here. So Greg, welcome to the podcast. How are you doing today? I'm doing fantastic, Will, and thanks for having me. Of course, of course. Well, uh, I think you have a pretty cool story. It's a uh, it's a really relatable one for our entrepreneurs out there. But I think for the vacation rental managers and hosts um, that really love hospitality, I think your story and what you guys have created at TripShock is really going to resonate. So I'd love to just kind of jump right into where does your journey begin? How did you even get into this industry? And then what kind of made you fumble into becoming an entrepreneur and creating what you have? Yeah, well, uh, so first of all, I went to school at uh, UCF for hospitality management. So I had a passion for tourism and, and uh, hotels uh, in my late teens, early 20s when I first worked at a hotel. I uh, went to school and then I came back uh, to Destin, Florida, where I reside. And I started working in hotels right after college, just trying to figure things out. And it wasn't until uh, working at the front desk, I started seeing a lot of people coming and asking me to recommend excursions in the area. And it really got to me that I'm doing a lot of work for them and I'm, and I'm very guest service oriented. Like I want to help them out anyways, but I like, there's gotta be a way to monetize this. Right. So I started thinking about ways to see if like I can generate commission from the tour operators because, you know, they're coming in there and dropping off like heaps of rack cards and I'm not going to, you know, go through a buffet of rack cards for our guests <laughs> to find. I'm just going to pick one and then go with it. And then maybe we can work some 
deal out. And plus my front desk staff can maybe earn uh, a little ancillary revenue too at the same time. So, um, you know, it wasn't until a local businesswoman, Donna Marler, she has a very large charter fishing company in the Destin Harbor area. Um, she had a similar concept uh, that was where she put these vacation or these these uh, books, these concierge books in properties, property units, and people would call the number and then we would book the excursion and it was a commission base. So it was kind of like an old, like a paper OTA type thing. So um, we decided to get together and start. Uh, trip shock together. And uh, we started off with, uh, you know, a simple booking engine we had developed. It's a custom um, platform. Uh, people, the tour operators can join and it's commission-based. We market them through different channels like Google and, and uh, other websites. And that's kind of how it, it started. So we started in little Destin, Florida, and over the years, we continued to grow it in different uh, markets. So today we're in probably 25 to 30 destinations. Um, some of our places are Destin, Florida, Panama City Beach, New Orleans, Gulf Shores, Myrtle Beach, Key West. These are very big vacation rental markets. And we felt like, um, you know, any place with a vac- strong vacation rental um, uh, destination seems to be very good for, for us. And yeah, that's, so that's where we're at right now. Well, that's pretty cool. And they all start like I like how you referenced the, the paper OTA type deal, like uh, yeah. the, the the paper concierge in a way. Um, and I didn't know. So I didn't know that you started off in the in the front desk area. That's kind of similar with me. You started out at the front desk. And I remember so many times having like those little cheap like restaurant tokens or you know discount cards saying like reference that you're from this hotel and you'll get 10 percent off. But yet none of the hotel staff like myself or any of my staff got like a commission or a bump back for, for the referral. And it was like, ah, dang it. So it's cool to see that you started off with the question of like, how can I monetize this? But also how can I make it easier? Right? Like you, you created something that's trackable. Um, it's basically, it's a, it's a business in itself. It's a, it's a way for, um, other revenue to come in through, you know, non-traditional ways. And I think most people are, were aware were even available. Um, you know, obviously probably even pre COVID too. Um, so how hard was that for you guys to, to develop the system, um, getting operators on board? Because I, I feel like, you know, we're, we're like vacation rentals specifically are in such a deep share economy where a lot of it's like kind of give, give, give without, you know, any kind of ask of, of monetization or uh, even, um, you know, any type of, you know, money value. So I'm just curious for your guys' start out, um, how did that go for you or some of the challenges that you overcame and how did you, uh, you guys like create the system in order to, uh, to, to create the business. Do you have a, a stiff drink ready? <laughs> uh, <I wish> it, <laughs> it's it a little early, but I'm just telling you right now. But, so, um, it was, it was very difficult building it because I, I'm not a developer. Um, but I was blessed to find, um, my, my current business partner, Alex Benko. Um, he had a, um, software company called two by two at the time. He no longer, he sold that company, um, a couple of years ago, but, uh, he, we, we, we connected because I sold a smaller business, um, right out of college. I had a dining guide that I just, I basically f- developed and, and flipped. And he was the one that developed some of the tools for that dining guide. So I hired them to build the platform. And it was, we wasted so much money because I just didn't know how to build a booking engine, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I had to basically take screenshots of, of different 
you know, extranets and things and say, I want this. <laughs> and that's not how things are built. But uh, we managed to build it. Uh, and I think it costs somewhere between like fifty and $100,000 mm-hmm. to, uh, uh, to develop. And then um, we, uh, you know, then we had to go out and get partners. And that was worse than building it because (laughs) (laughs) telling a tour operator that's never dealt with online, um, you know, online booking services that they're going to pay a 20, 25% commission. It was crazy to them. Yeah. Like you're nuts. And we had to really sell ourselves. And I'm, I'm, I'm a young guy. I'm 23, 24 years old. And I'm trying to, you know, put, you know, put, these vibes out there to people like, this is a good deal. Like you're not having to pay up front. I'm going to have, I'm going to get, you know, bookings from, from Google. And I'll figure that out for you. Cause I already had a strong background in, in pay-per-click and, and online uh, marketing. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'll say it was extremely hard, extremely hard. And not every operator had a reservation software at the time. So everything was done through, you know, email and manual confirmation. And that it just, it was a huge struggle, but at the same time uh, i I negotiated. I worked deals. I developed trust within my community. It didn't all happen in a day. Yeah. So we started off with a few really good ones. And obviously, Donna Marler's business was one of the largest charter fleets. So it's really good to have a good anchor product as an OTA because everyone kind of sees that business doing well. Yeah. And like, well, how are they doing well? And then they start looking through their website and their marketing and say, okay, they're on TripShock. Mm-hmm. So let me look into this. So we've really built out from just that one anchor product and we start going to new markets, but it was very difficult to build trust. And the hardest thing about an OTA for people is that the money is collected by the OTA and paid out later. Mm-hmm. And, you know, seeing a, a guy that you don't know, he's a new business. He's 23 years old. He hasn't really, he doesn't have a good understanding of, of, of business yet. And we're holding hundreds of thousands of dollars and they're hoping that this person is going to pay me out. That was scary for most of them. Yeah, well, I mean, I had people. I had some of the operators go to go to my office, and they wanted me to pay. They didn't want to wait. They wanted to get paid that day, and and that was so that trust building was a really big thing early days. And I did whatever I could to make sure that I was one hundred percent on my commitments and expectations. Well, that kind of just answered my question. But what were because as you know, I know the struggle. I, I started the podcast um, almost four years ago. Uh, so I was like 22, barely at the time, 21. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know like how, you know, how hard it can be as a young entrepreneur, a young go-getter, especially in an industry where people have been in this industry, whether it's vacation rentals or hotels or tour operators, such as uh, what you were dealing with. They've been in doing this thing for 20 plus years. They're like, this is something that maybe had been passed down to their, um, from their family or even um, something that they, like, again, 20 plus 30 years. Mm-hmm. So what what's the biggest... I guess, uh, what was the biggest way that you did earn that trust? Was it just time and, and constant commitment or, um, but, you know, I guess just even wrapping my head around the mindset for, for you. Cause I know for me, I just had to, you know, go into the situation and just be like, look, mm-hmm. I I'm passionate about this at the end of the day, I'm going to, I'm going to figure it out and, and go. Um, but for you with them, what was that like? What, what was the overall, like, I guess, number one thing you could tell anyone, if any young entrepreneur mm-hmm. listening to this podcast, um, sure. I got over that. So first of all, you have to give concessions. Like you might not get exactly what you want. Like you might not get the commission you want. You might not get um, all of the, um, you know, 
all the items like that, what your service does, because they, you know, they, they don't just feel comfortable jumping in really heavily. So uh, I made a lot of concessions in the beginning just to make sure to say, Hey, you know, just to make sure they know that they're going to get what they want. Like I, we did like, you know, payouts weekly, like right now we do payouts monthly, but we do weekly payouts, anything to do to make them feel comfortable and to generate trust with them. A funny story that uh, one of my friends told me <laughs> is that his, his dad used to, to deal marijuana. And uh, <laughs> I, I know, well, I'm sorry, I'm jumping in, but this is a funny story. No, it's all good. And uh, he was a dealer. And when he went to go get, get, get the weed, right, uh, he, he'd have to, you know, get the weed and then he'd pay his dealer. And sometimes he would borrow money from the, 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 the weed guy and give it back to him, even though he didn't need it. And he said, he, well, and I said, why did he do that? Well, he did it to develop trust with them. Because the more he did it, because then the time that he really needs it, he'll just, you know, get as, as much as he wants. Um, he'll up his credit limit, mm-hmm. per se. <laughs> and that story, I always tell people because it's really funny, but has nothing to do with my situation. I don't deal with weed, <laughs> but I did, I did things like that. I did, if they, if they wanted weak pay, I gave it to them. Mm. You know, anything that I needed to do to develop trust, give concessions, because I didn't have the relationships. I didn't have the trust. Yeah. And it's going to take time. And anyone that thinks they can just start a business and get, you know, everything to them, you know, get, get, you know, get all the big clients that doesn't happen. It's going out there and networking, doing people right. And that's basically what I built the foundation of my business on. So that's, I think my biggest thing is don't expect to get everything you want, you know, out of the client at first, give concessions, focus on building a relationship first. Yeah. And then everything will come after good products, good relationships, everything will come. And I promise you, because I, I built TripShock with zero venture capitalism or venture, <laughs> venture capital, yeah. I zero venture capital. I built it and we're going to pass over 20 million this year in sales. So you can do it, but focus on relationships first. Oh, that's really incredible. I give the same advice, especially in the beginning, because a lot of people think, you know, I've, I've been, I've been side hustling like this for six months and I, I think I'm ready to go in. It's like, okay, uh, get ready, man. Cause you're going to get a lot of no's. You're going to get a lot of the, the, the micromanagement clients that only pay 500 bucks and they, they want yeah. the, the same amount of value or, or service from the client that pays $10,000. So get ready. Yeah. Um, but no, that's really cool. I love that. And I think from our previous conversation, uh, you, you told me you actually went out and built your own tour operator business. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. So there was one market that I couldn't break into. No one wanted to sign up. Mm-hmm. Again, there was no trust. There were no relationships there. So I the, figured there's got to right be, after, this is a right after you developed Destin area. It was, it's like, yeah, this first... after Destin's already developed. Okay. Um, this is like, I'd say three, four years. Okay. And uh, actually it was Gulf Shores, Alabama, which I'm sure a lot of listeners probably are from there. Um, but I could not break into uh, Gulf Shores. I was having, I only had a couple and everyone just kind of stonewalling me. Mm-hmm. So um, I looked at what Gulf Shores needed from a tour operator's perspective. And I decided to open up a jet ski tour operation and I bought some skis. I, I got kind of a crash course on running a jet ski operation and I opened up a business. And not only did it give me product to sell on trip shock, but allowed me to kind of get, you know, uh, what do you call it? 
to yeah, grow, get my wings, you know, you know, grow, you know, show people that I'm more than just, you know, selling, you know, selling bookings. I'm, I, I can actually be an operator too. And uh, within a year, TripShock was full of tour products because I got to know the people at the Marina, mm-hmm. the Marina people introduced me to others. The business did phenomenally well, obviously, because I had great training from other op- jet ski operators. I had a yeah. phenomenal marketing channel. Yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah, so I ended up selling the business in three years. I three X'd the, 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 the EBITDA on that, um, on that business. And I still sell tickets for it today. <laughs> and the, the operator is phenomenal that bought it. And that is, uh, that's one of my huge wins, but at the same time, it was stressful as hell yeah. running a jet ski operation remotely. Um, I, I didn't plan on keeping it long-term. It was more so to prove now I will never, I will probably never do that again. Yeah. I don't have the time for it now. Also, I think by this time uh, we've kind of paid our dues and people are, you know, our name's growing, but think outside the box, you know, maybe it's not the, the path forward is not always, you know, that, the, you know, the straight road, maybe it curves a little bit and you gotta, you gotta think. So that's what we did. And we're, that's, that's the great thing about working at this company. Every, everyone, um, when we have roadblocks, we, um, we think of crazy ideas to get past them <laughs> because, you know, we don't have the, the dollars to just bulldoze through. Yeah. So we got to be more strategic than that. Well, I just, I, I love that. Cause you have such, uh, and I think you and I very much so look at this uh, very similarly. Um, you have such a value and knowledge from your customers on TripShock. You know, the, the, the operators mm-hmm. are already operating and crushing it. Not only are they crushing it because you guys are able to bring them more business, but at the end of the day, they just know how to operate. They know how to you know create a good uh, good tour excursion, a good jet ski, a good catamaran, maybe. I don't know what, what type of uh, different yeah. ops are on there, but you know they, they know their stuff. They're, they're, they live it. They breathe it. They're, they're in it. Mm-hmm. Um, so having that like tool and resource at your fingertips, uh, I think it's super valuable that most people don't realize that you really get over those learning curves a lot faster, um, than you would if you never, if you just kind of went in blindly, like if you just immediately started that, um, that, uh, jet ski operation without ever starting trip shot, without ever knowing any of the operators that you've connected with over the last, you know, three years prior to like, you would have probably, you know, sold the business in six years, seven years, 10 years. Versus oh, and I wouldn't, I would fail. I would have failed. Yeah. Or I would have failed. failed. Yeah. Without a doubt. I mean, the learning curve was shortened dramatically. I mean, I basically got from our partners in, in Northwest Florida. I got the roadmap yeah. from them. How does they already went through it? Build it up, fix fast. Yeah. yeah. Um, I was able to get all used quality equipment. Um, I basically, <laughs> if you know, anyone that wants to start a jet ski operation, I have literally the whole book written on a Google doc <laughs> from A to C of how to, to build the business. Because, you know, I, I figured that if any of my friends ever wanted to open one up or a trip shock partner mm-hmm. and said, Hey, I want to know, I, I documented everything. So from all the material you need supplies, um, I even have a pro forma uh, specs on, on location I get really nerdy on this and I know most people starting jet ski operations are blue collar, yeah. you know, <laughs> they're not going into the, the details like I am, but uh, that's how I operate. 
Hey, I hope you guys are enjoying this episode, and I wanted to drop in quickly to let you know that our partners at Jetstream have some of the best-in-class technology that sits at the heart of the guest experience with a focus on generating revenue for your property assets. With their platform, your property gets the best-in-class tech and integrations to remote access, guest screening, booking protection, and payment processing. Better yet, their team does all of the hard work of 24-7 guest communication and content creation. So go ahead, click the link in the show notes so you can jump on board today and take advantage of their professional hospitality team. Now, we're back to the episode. Well, it's just, that also to me is just like, uh, you know, most entrepreneurs never even document any of their processes, never document any mm-hmm. of their, their beginnings. Uh, so the fact that you already did that, uh, talking about you should be selling a course, like you're going to become that kind of that kind of entrepreneur I could see it. Just Maybe, kind of, yeah, uh, one day. <laughs> uh, well, I want to get back to TripShock really quick sure, because yeah, um, cool. for, for I know Airbnb, Booking.com, Expedia, all these companies that are OTAs or channels for properties or um, even you know flights now, cruise lines, all this stuff, it's not easy to build an OTA. It's not easy to build a distribution or marketing channel. So for TripShock, once you guys actually got the operators, how did you guys get the audience? That's what I want to know. Did you? Uh, I know you talked about pay per click and a few things mm-hmm. on Google, um, but what was the biggest strategy for you guys to start, you know, start creating an audience? Great, yeah. Uh, so another another uh, think outside the box idea. So I'll, I'll tell, tell you what we started with and where we're at now, and what we kind of do. So um, as you know, no venture cap capital. Um, no big investments. So I had to think outside the box on marketing. And right when we launched TripShock, we were kind of coming out of the recession. And if, for all you that are familiar with PR web, it's a PR distribution service. They had an unlimited press release uh, uh, subscription. They never offer these anymore. Um, and you could write as many press releases as you want for like 3000 a year. I jumped on that. And my <laughs> my crazy butt uh, wrote articles every single day and you're going to, you're going to love this one. So one of them I wrote <laughs> the top 10 things to do in Destin or something crazy. I don't know. I, I forget what it, what it was, but I'm watching channel three news and uh, my w- <laughs> wife and I are watching it. And you know, these channel on the slow news days, these anchors, they'll pick up, anything. they'll pick up anything. <laughs> and so the <laughs> anchors on there and she's like, in other news, Trip Shock uh, releases the top 10 things to do. And I'm just laughing <laughs> so hard. <laughs> and we just, my wife and I looked at each other. She's like, what'd you do? And I'm like, I have no idea. This must be a slow news day. And they're talking about Trip Shock and all this. And, and it was just hysterical. And our, our partners were like messaging me. And, and this is like literally like two day, two years after launching. Cause we were, we were still really new. Yeah. And we were just laughing so hard um, about that. But at the same time, I wrote a ton. I wrote a ton of these articles and they just got picked up by Google. We built up our SEO and we were booming. I mean, besides TripAdvisor, you know, we were rocking organic. Now that all has changed. We don't have that strong of showing because Google has really yeah. you know, decimated the organic rankings with so many other things, but um, we use that and that really gave us our big jump start. Pay-per-click is my background. I know it extremely well. Um, and we've I've actually mentored and brought in um, someone who does it full-time for us, dumped my knowledge onto him, and he's done phenomenally well. Mm-hmm. So pay-per-click is probably 80%. 
uh, just because that's just the way things are. It's the, this, the best ROI, uh, affiliates is great. And this is kind of where the property managers kind of come into play where we give commission to, to, uh, affiliates for recommending, uh, activities. Uh, we do, um, um, a lot of email marketing, known user stuff, uh, email workflows, cart, browse abandonment. We do everything, pretty much everything and, and anything, you know, that makes sense. I'll try everything once pretty much. Yeah. Would you guys say you're becoming the Amazon of, of experiences for, for this kind of segment of hospitality or, uh, cause you know, uh, I think the, the one thing I've seen a lot of businesses now they're adapting like the, the one click model where it's like book done. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, the band and cart thing I think is, uh, still it's new in the sense of, I don't think a lot of people in our industry know how to use it or utilize it or even create a type, you know, type thing. Like the that. biggest missed opportunity is, uh, browse abandonment, uh, email abandonment mm-hmm. campaigns, hugest missed opportunity. So we have one full-time person that all they do is email mm-hmm. all they do. And, and when I talk email, if you're doing batch and blast emails to your customers, you need to talk to someone, an expert to fix that because I'm just going to give an example. Uh, if someone subscribes to your email list, you should be getting all the information from them, not from the form, but from their IP data. And what that does is it makes them something called a known user. And when you have a known user, anytime that they come back to your website, if they book, you're going to get hundred plus data points on that person, depending on how your CRM is set up. So if that person comes back to your site at any time using that device or IP address, and they, they're browsing for certain things and you have certain workflows set up. Like, for example, let's say the person comes back and they're looking at parasailing. Now, your system should set, be set up so that it emails them within minutes of them leaving the site saying, hey, did you, you were looking at parasailing. Would you yeah. like to purchase? Yeah. Or if you, have, if you have workflows set up saying, hey, if a customer, if you haven't heard, if a customer hasn't purchased in a year and it's, you know that they booked March of the previous year, then you should be hitting them up around that time with some type of offer. And you can set these workflows up and just let them, let them go. And we have probably hundreds of workflows set up going after customers without even having to think about it. You know, this is all there. And that has been dramatic to our sales, just dramatic Mm. being able to have, and we have probably close to a half a million, if not more of uh, known users that we uh, target. Wow. That's yeah. That's so smart. And it's something that, you know, yeah, I just, I, I'm thinking about, you know, just current applications for us even. And yeah, it's not, it's not utilized to its uh, full potential. So uh, I think, you know, that's uh, very knowledgeable. Um, definitely going to be after this recording, be looking at uh, doing some of that for, for our stuff. But uh, I'm curious to know for you, you, you mentioned the property affiliates. And so mm-hmm. um, what type of, one revenue does this generate for your true operators, but for the property managers, you know, this is something that we like, I, my, my personal belief for vacation rental managers, uh, like myself, like other big ones in, in the industry, whether they have 10 really great luxury mansions on one destination, or if they have a hundred homes, uh, scattered throughout the country. Plus, um, you know, the experience part is our bread and butter. We not only should make it a really easy booking experience uh, and have the great quality of, you know, hotel linen and cleanliness and all the other stuff, but 
the experiences part, the connecting, the create the the ability for um, our guests to have moments, whether it's at our property or at our destination as a whole in in the community that we love and, and belong to, uh, that should be our bread and butter. So what is that like for them um, when it comes to getting on TripShock, being an affiliate, or um, even just partnering with their, uh, do, do the affiliates ever bring on tour operators that aren't on TripShock to you guys and say, hey, like you really oh, need yeah. to be on? Okay. Yeah, they do. They say that, hey, we work with this person, but we don't. We have no way of monetizing that partnership. Can yeah. you? Can they go on TripShock so we can you know, do that for them. We get that all the time. Okay. It's great. Um, so our affiliate program, uh, as I said before, uh, we give a, a portion of commission, uh, to the property manager, uh, for referrals and some do extremely well. Uh, we have some doing, you know, upwards to 15 to 20,000 a year. Um, and I guarantee that number could be a lot stronger, uh, if other things were implemented. Uh, we have, we have single, unit operators that, you know, they'll make a few hundred dollars a month Mm -hmm. because they really push, you know, the, the service and they push the affiliate. I mean, just think about it. Um, you know, a boat rental in Destin, Florida, a full day costs 500 in the summer Mm. and an affiliate will earn, uh, 25% of the commission, which will be somewhere around 25 or $30, you know, an intangible product that you don't have to buy inventory for you're making $25 and you're going to get a good experience from the guests because, you know, we do everything right. Um, you know, we'll make sure they get fulfilled with a good tour operator. Uh, we make sure that all our tour operators have some sort of standard that they have to follow. So we're not just accepting anybody like some of the open platforms do. Yeah. That was my but, next question was quality control, yep. but quality control. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. We remove quite a few uh, tour operators that just kind of lose interest in their business and, and don't follow through on, on the, the promise that we deliver. But um, kind of getting back to property managers, I, I think uh, the, the issue is not whether or not this is a good thing. I mean, no doubt there's not many uh, opportunities to monetize the guest experience yeah. unless you work directly. And for most property managers that I spoke to, it's a pain in the butt to have to manage all these relationships where you make very little from. Yeah, so our, our system can, can alleviate that and give them a better ROI. The issue though, is that uh, the way most of it's implemented uh, is, you know, can be greatly improved. Uh, for instance, uh, we should be having, and, and I wish we had a tool to do this uh, better, but we don't. Uh, but creating workflows that automate the process of sending links and recommendations. Mm-hmm. So, for example, when someone books, they're not going to book their excursions right away. Yeah, Very few and I think some of the property managers really push that, you know, on booking, but it's, it doesn't happen. In fact, 80% of excursions are booked in destination. Okay. So upon, I'd pro- upon I would arrival. say probably even more than that. Yeah. It's a very last minute purchase. And what's even crazier is that 75% of people who visit our website for the first time, if, if they book, they're going to be booking then. It's a very quick last minute transaction. Wow. That's interesting. So, you don't think there's like a lot of, I think of people like myself that are very itinerary focused, uh, at yeah. least on, on, you know, um, more relaxing trips on business trips. I'm yeah. pretty, you know, straight to the bone flight hotel. And then the rest is kind of whatever, but there's not, you have like a good chunk of those, uh, itinerary planners that are booking months out and they're like, okay, we're going to book our jet skis. Yeah. We're going to book our boat tour. 
and stuff like that? We get a very few, like, um, I think people who book more than one activity in an mm. order is like less than 3% okay. of our orders. So it's a lot of single last minute. Mm. And you, you got weather and things like that yeah, to, true, to, true. to fight with. So you never know. However, the higher the ticket is, the more in advance they're booking. Mm. We don't see last minute large orders. We see, you know, more smaller, you know, boat tour excursions yeah. and small rentals. They're all last minute. So that's, that's the kind of the first myth is that, you know, people are not booking when they book their, their rental, mm. they're booking right before they get there and while they're there. So to maximize, the, you know, your revenue, uh, when it comes to our program is to send notifications, either email or text, uh, when they're about to get there and while they're there. And I, I know some property management systems can probably do these automated workflows. Yeah. Um, I, and, and that's the trick. And it's just not implemented uh, as well as it, as, it, as it can be. And sometimes, you know, we have property managers saying, hey, you know, I thought we'd make more money. But, you know, you can't expect someone to book these excursions when the data is clear that they're not booking 30 days out. Yeah, 100%. You have to hit them while they're in destination. And that would make a dramatic difference. We have bloggers that bloggers making 20,000 a year on these programs, because what happens is people get into town and they Google things for my kids Mm -hmm. and they click and book right away. And why is it, why is a blogger making that much and a property manager with 20, you know, 2000 units making half of that. So it's all about the timing. Seriously. Well, I'm glad you mentioned workflows because for us, like we've all known in the vacation rental industry specifically that, it, you know, you have a confirmation message that goes out upon booking. Uh, we do a message the day before arrival to kind of confirm their, you know, whether it's the, the address or the key password for the, the door lock or um, all the other stuff, all, all the last minute yeah. details that you want to make sure that they have prior to arrival, but you don't want them to have really soon because you always have those early, uh, early birds that like to show up at one and they hurry up. Yeah. 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 So, um, you know, but then I think a lot of operators forget the follow through message upon check-in or the day after check-in to say, Hey, hope everything, like if they haven't heard from the guest, um, you know, that automated message that's more personalized, you can customize it. And like you said, a lot of property management systems, um, to say, Hey, you know, Greg, hope you're, hopefully your checking was smooth and you're enjoying the, the property. We would love to, um, you know, if you haven't made any plans yet, here's a great couple of recommendations for some great activities in the local area. We yep. love these guys. We use them all the time for ourselves or our previous guests, whatever. Customizing a message like that, I don't think people realize. We just had a guest um, the other day. Uh, actually, not the other day, like three days ago. Sun, no, what's it today? Yeah, Saturday. Um, you know, pre-going you know, uh, pre going to dinner for their, their little honeymoon, get not honeymoon, anniversary getaway. Uh, mm-hmm. We had one of those messages go out and say, hey, these are our top mm-hmm. five restaurants in, in this uh great island community that we're in. Uh, we love, uh, you know, any recommendations. If you try anything new, let us know. And they say, Hey, we actually just tried out two of those out of this, uh, the five. And we're really glad that you guys recommend them too, because we loved them. Uh, and it's just like that confirmation of, you know, being, uh, I guess the, what's the term I always use. Shoot. Uh, the expecting their needs, you know, that type of deal, like yeah, anticipating yeah. the guest needs. And I think that's a big part of it that a lot of, like you said, the workflows are missing and the operators don't capture that that ability to um, to really make that moment, make that experience. Yeah. If you have a physical front desk too that people check into, yeah. you can create like a little rack card with a with a QR code mm-hmm. that says, "Hey, you know, here's our top 
five recommend recommended activities while you wait to check in mm. or just for whatever, you know, if they come to the check in desk for whatever reason, for hand sure. it to them, hit the QR code. You can hit your affiliate URL, goes to trip shock. And then, you know, so there's, there's multiple ways to do it. And our affiliate manager, Stephanie, I mean, she will like most affiliate programs, you're not going to get access to someone that's, that wants to see you succeed. And that's what we do. You know, we try to make sure our, our affiliates succeed. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, if the, if a blogger is making 20 grand a, a year off of this, then I think, you know, property managers can got to step it up. Let's go. There's I don't money, know. When I see those checks go out to the bloggers, I'm just like, what, 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 am, what do I do in my life? Because, you know, <laughs> we're probably one of 100 affiliates that they work with, right? Yeah. Um, but it's, it's awesome to have them, you know, because we're not going to get the reach that they, they're going to get. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, we're, it's, it's awesome. It's awesome partnership. Super cool. Well, um, I guess to, to get to the, I guess, conclusion of our episode, I want to know if just for you on, on your story, what's, what's next for TripShock? What are you guys, you know, looking forward to, you know, COVID has been a weird, crazy time for hotels, for vacation rentals, uh, even though vacation rentals have, uh, have spiked, um, in popularity in the last 18 months. Uh, what does this look like for you guys? How, how are you guys been handling this, this new time of innovation and change and constant having to, you know, some destinations being closed and open and open and closed. Yeah. Yeah. So what's that look for you? Well, I first want to say that, um, we, the pandemic has really helped us think about what's important, Mm -hmm. both personally and professionally. And it has driven so much innovation within our company that without the pandemic. And I hate even say that because people have lost their lives and people have lost their jobs, but it it has really made us think um, really hard about what we want to be, who we want to be. And, um, and since making some changes, um, you know, we, we trimmed down our, our team, we reorganized things during, you know, during we had an initial furlough when Florida got shut down because Florida is our biggest market. Mm -hmm. Uh, We came up with one feature in particular uh, called TripFlex, and basically, it's a self-insured, uh, and I can't really can't really call it insurance, but it's basically if someone needs to cancel right away because family member got COVID or they get concerned, they can pay a little extra more for their booking and get out of it last minute, and the supplier still gets paid in full. Mm. And that tool, right or that feature, right there, not only I, what we believe has increased conversion uh, to give them that more flexibility. But even after the claims from that, we still made like a significant six-figure income mm. from that. And that type of stuff, and that's even without COVID, that's a feature, one feature that I'm extremely proud of that our team got to the bare bones and said, hey, we got to do some impressive stuff here. Mm-hmm. Like this is our time to shine. And in 2019, we're, uh, we're having just a record year. I mean, this whole South, um, just because the relaxed COVID restrictions has been booming, people are coming to Florida. Um, and it's been a really phenomenal year for tour operators. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know a lot of property managers are, that are locally here are having a great year, but um, we're, we're really thinking hard. Like, I think our innovation period is going to continue, but it was, it was really strong for that past year and a half. And we really found out who we want to be. Mm-hmm. It's really brought me back. Cause I sat behind a computer for 10 years, yeah. just turning away. No one really knew who Greg Fisher was. So I'm now trying to grow 
the TripShock brand. Like I want people to know who we are, what we do. Um, I want more people to come into our ecosystem. And that's, that's really where, you know, where we're at. Like our, our goal is to be the, the top OTA in the USA for tours. And um, there's probably four to five um, really, really strong ones here. So I think that we have a very good chance of, of getting to where we want to be. That's awesome. I, I love that. The, the flexibility is key. I think we've all learned that. Um, the flexible booking model, the flexible cancellation uh, restrictions, all this other stuff. Um, people are like, it's crazy just to look at the way that consumer behavior has just changed. Um, people want to experience things differently. They want to be more connected more than ever before because of COVID. Um, but even in 2019, I think we were we were still striving for that that deep experiential slash connection um, model of, of, of travel and, and, and just overall day-to-day life. Like we no longer wanted to, I could tell like even before COVID that the co-working uh, spaces slash, um, you know, remote work was becoming really popular. I saw a lot of my friends before even COVID was mentioned, um, you know, start going into that model because they had the, the ability to do it their bosses or their careers or whatever field they were in was, was open that way. So flexibility is super key. And I'm glad to hear that's something that's working for you guys, because obviously, uh, you know, with all these last minute changes happening in, in destination, it's uh, pretty, pretty incredible that, you know, you can still can keep, like, keep that integrity of that, that experience for the guest um, to one, ensure guaranteed comeback uh, to revenue and three, that, that, that just overall, uh, I guess uh, the best word for me to even think of is integrity for it. So uh, mm-hmm. pretty cool to, to see that. Um, now I, I know we said we're going to wrap up, but I just want to give you this uh, opportunity for you. Uh, you also have a podcast and I want to give you this uh, chance now to, for any of the listeners that are listening to this podcast, um, you can go ahead, always check out the show notes and see the links for trip shock and all this other stuff going on and stuff that we talked about. But I want to give you the opportunity to talk about your podcast and what you guys are talking about, uh, what is kind of doing for your business and where can people go find out and, and listen to it? Oh, well, thanks, Will. Uh, so I have a podcast called The Awkward Water Sport Guys. And really, the uh, reason why we, I created it is because uh, there isn't really anybody talking about that industry. Uh, there is no influencers. There's no leaders kind of coming and just bringing up issues. Mm-hmm. It is a very cottage industry, you know, renting boats and taking people out in parasol boats. Uh, it's, it's not something that, you know, so we wanted to create a channel that people can hear you know, here we talk, and it's so funny because the the most mundane topics uh, get the best downloads, right? Like, <laughs> what do you do when someone, you know, w- when there's a weather cancellation, right? Like, but people wanted to hear the conversation, so I partnered with um, uh, one of our suppliers, uh, Kevin O'Neill from Destiny Water Adventures, and I'll t- it's a very interesting podcast because Kevin is nothing like me, <laughs> but that's why it's so great. Uh, just get prepared for some. <laughs> if you listen, just get prepared. But we have a lot of good information in there. It's highly entertaining. We have great guests that are in the water sport and tour industry. We even have some people from uh, even properties. We had Alex Usner from Condor World down there talking yeah. about her her experience. And it, it is a pretty hilarious episode. Uh, we had Douglas Quimby, the uh, co-founder of Rival, uh, CEO and co-founder. So there's there's some it's some pretty, pretty good stuff. But I, I appreciate you letting me... Uh, throw a little pitch out there. Oh, we course. definitely love the show. We just finished 50 episodes. So um, that's a huge accomplishment, my friend. Good yeah. Job. Yeah. That is a huge accomplishment. It's a lot of time, but yeah. I'll tell you, it has really been good for our business too, because it's allowed me to kind of get my brand out there, my personal brand, but also trip check out there to people. Mm-hmm. Cause 
the word OTA, I think is scary for some, yeah. even in pro- even the property space. And, uh, you know, having the conversation about it here, here, average people that get on the podcast that use OTAs and talk about their experience. And, you know, it, it, I think it's, it really helps with, from an advocacy perspective. Yeah. Well, just a word, like I, I know when I think of OTA, you know, prior to us starting recreation vacation rentals, um, we talked about, you know, OTAs a lot. And, and I think the number one thing is a lot of people are worried about control. They want to be able to control their business and how they operate. They don't want OTA to control, you know, when a guest can get a full refund or not uh, based off of the OTA's cancellation policy, not yours as a business. So I think the fact, I think you, you, I think you did it right. You know, you were an operator as well. You understand that, you know, things happen that you, you understand how, how it works. You're not just creating, you know, trip shock policies to impose onto to your suppliers that, you know, may not work that way um, and, and cause friction for, for the business. So I think, you know, I think what you're doing is 100% good and, and right. You did market research. You, you got the now the audience uh, not only on TripShock, but now creating a podcast to talk about these conversations that um, just like what we do here, you know, we may not think a podcast on how to uh, monetize your website or, you know, do something for owner outreach or blah, 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 whatever it may be, uh, may be a good episode, but then also it gets the most downloads or the most traction and, and you get people tagging you on Instagram being like, oh, this is such a great episode. It's like, oh, Okay, this is a boring one for me, but have fun. Um, oh know. man, same thing. We did a, we did an episode on just phones, and <laughs> Kevin's like, I hated that episode, and <laughs> everyone says, Oh, I love that episode, and I always give him crap about it, you know. But <laughs> it is the most mundane topics because these are the things that we deal with every day, and we're like, you know, we're th- always thinking about yeah. how we can make it better. Yeah, hundred percent. I love it. Well, you heard it here first, Slick Talkers. Go ahead, check out all the links in the show notes. Do not miss another great mundane episode of not only this podcast, but uh, we got Greg's awesome podcast as well that we'll link in the show notes. So, uh, Greg, I just want to say thank you, my friend, for being on the show. It's always a great pleasure. I love geeking out, not only about business, but experiences and just with the things you guys are creating. So I definitely see more future episodes to come, and uh, you will not hear Trip Shock just this one time. There'll be many times that trip shock will be mentioned. So again, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you so much, Will. I really appreciate it. Of course. All right. Slick talkers. We'll see you guys again next week. Thank you so much for listening. We love your support and want to provide the best we can to all our listeners. So please find us online, social media, and on Spotify, Apple podcast, and Google podcast. As I've been growing my business and finding new ways to add to my property portfolio, I have to think about how I can anticipate the homeowner's needs, just like I do for my guests. One of the things owners always ask is, how is my property going to be protected? What happens if something gets damaged or worse? These are valid questions and concerns, and I have an opportunity to address these concerns before they even get mentioned, all thanks to having Safely as part of my toolkit. I can ensure all stakeholders are covered during a guest stay and use this information as a way to grow my business by ensuring my property owners know they can trust that I have them covered. If you're a professional property manager, then you need to get safely in your tool belt so you can focus on operating and growing your business. Thanks for listening to Slick Talk, the hospitality podcast. Now, back to an episode.
What's up, everybody? If you've gotten this far into the episode of Slick Talk, the Hospitality Podcast, then you are amazing, and thank you so much for tuning in. We want to send you two places really quickly. If you can, check out the show notes and click the hospitality.fm link. Check out all of our other shows on the podcast network. And don't forget, if you have someone that you want to hear on the podcast, then fill out the guest fill-out form so that way we can get them on the show. Thank you so much for tuning in, and I hope you enjoy another episode of Slick Talk, the Hospitality Podcast. Podcast.